0: Welcome to another episode of Learning to Fly with KP. Today is Saturday, August 11th, and today I took my second flight. So this is the end of week one into my flight training. I'm going to go over day one and day two. But to start, I so far have four and a half hours of flight, over two um, two flights. So, if you guys remember at the beginning of the of my podcast i mentioned that i took a flight about a year ago a discovery flight that was treated somewhat as a you know as an instructional flight so because i went with the same instructor he said that he can essentially well since he logged that flight already in his logbook he can essentially copy it back in my logbook because he was giving me instruction so yeah i got the 1.1 hour from a year ago back in my logbook and so the first flight was an hour and, an hour and uh, 75 so one hour 45 minutes and today uh, shy of two hours the first lesson um, we took a long time to go over the washington uh, special flight rule overview so the uh, uh, what is required to to um, fly in that airspace we filed on SF, SFRA flight plane, I got the standard briefing then followed by uh, the uh, workaround around the 172 so my instructor like trying to make me uh, you know explain to me all the various parts of the session 172 which i was glad for i mean i think i know the plane but i never flew one so it was you know really interesting to listen to him explain all the bridges part to me the instrument how they work and all that and then after that we did um, a short field takeoff with flaps um, straight and level flights in the, the dc area the uh, practice area is i want to say something like 10 miles or 50 miles away from the airport so, we have to fly all the way there. So, now this is a good time to practice like slow flight, you know, climb, descent and whatnot. So, we did that on the way there. We did some medium turns. I was introduced to those. Climb and descent, mainly in cruise configuration. And then he uh, showed me what is called the Fugois stability, which is okay. So, imagine that you're going straight and level. I don't know let's say 110 knots okay and for some reason say you have a flock of birds in front of you and you slightly pull on the yoke so what will happen is that if you pull on the yoke and you let go the plane will climb like it will kind of oscillate so it will climb back it will pitch back down and then climb back up again and back down like you know as if the plane was riding on a wave and within about three period of doing this, the plane will come back to a normal straight-level flight, losing almost no altitude. And so this is was t- that this was to show that you like sometimes you don't have to fight the airplane to get it to do what you want it to do. So the plane itself is inherently very stable. So we did that. And then we did some slow flight, uh, slow flights being, you know, below 70 mile per hour and then we joined the traffic pattern and we did two landings now these landings were facing the sunset so it was quite hard to see in front of us because of the sun setting yeah so this is something that i will keep in mind next time you know maybe bring my sunglasses along on the ride because i did not this time and i kind of regretted that so today, what we did is, I filed the SFR airplane, I um, mean it is identical to what we did last time, so then we did, uh, I did the takeoff, so my instructor uh, was next to me, he was talking to me through the takeoff procedures, and he corrected slightly when we were taking off, you know, because I didn't apply enough right water. Now I'm starting to hear a lot of this like breath water, right water, more right water. So it's something to keep in the back of my mind. take takeoff flaps at ten, uh, 10 degrees took off. And then we did some certain level for some time to uh, exit you know, the uh, traffic pattern area. We did a slight climb to, so from traffic pattern altitude which is about a thousand feet to 1300. To remain below the, c- the class of bravo airspace then it climbed up to um 2300 after that to still remain below the class bravo but inside the washington sfra uh, area so we proceeded to the um practice area and we did some medium turn oh on the way there, what we did is VOR tracking so i already understand the concept and the principle of VORs um, mainly from YouTube and also from practicing in the flight simulator so I understand you know how I can uh, pick a specific radial off of the VOR and then how to track it down so we did that so we tracked the VOR down to the uh, practice area which was you know really as I, as I expected so this is a good opportunity uh, to let you guys know that Practice as much as you can in the flight sim. The only thing that you cannot really practice is, you know, having like the feeling of how the airplane behaves, like how the wind would push you and things like that. Those you cannot. But as far as the instruments, yes, I mean you can totally practice this in the uh, flight sim, and you should. The highlight of the day really are the stalls. So we did uh, power off and power on stalls so far i might say i prefer the power on stall because you have the power and recovering from power on stall is somewhat easy now the power of stalls are really uh the problem now there is a partial stall where you try to you try and recover as soon as you hear the horn or as soon as the airplane starts to stall those are not too bad because what will happen in a typical airplane like a 172. So say you know the power was way back so in my plane the configuration is the uh, the car heat is on the throttle is back to idle so you have zero power. You have zero power you are going to try and maintain let's say 60 knots, 60 knots flying level. Okay, now as you try to hold that attitude, that you know, altitude, what will happen is, the plane is going to lose more and more and more and more speed. And in the end, you will end up increasing your angle of attack. Now, as soon as you hear the horn start to come on, you have to simultaneously break the stall, which simply means um, bring the nose down because you held it so high that 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 is what was causing the plane to stall in the first place. So bring the nose level and then down so that the plane can start to drop nose first. That way you will get more air over the wings. At the same time, you push the car heat back in so you turn that off and you increase your total to maximum RPMs. you're doing that because you are going slow the uh, the torque of the engine is going to cause the plane to yaw to one side now you need to be ready to use your rudder pedals to adjust that at the same time now the next stall is a full stall where so you do everything we just did you bring i mean you you activate the curve heat, the throttle back to idle you have zero power and then you try to maintain your altitude and you maintain it you maintain it the horn is going to come on you know telling that you are about to stall you will ignore that and the airspeed is going to end up somewhere in the range of 40 you know 40 to maybe 30 and what is going to happen is that the plane is literally going to try and flip so one of the wings is going to drop all of a sudden you're going to feel and see one of the wings like a dip and the plane is going to almost start to spin exactly what happens with you know the negative g's that you are feeling because so now you are going up and the plane is suddenly decided to drop now the way to recover from that is you don't use your aileron because if you do, it can make the stall worse. You need to use the rudder, So you need to push the rudder opposite to the spin. So if the plane is dipping to the right, you push the left rudder so that the plane kind of goes straight. And as soon as you do that, actually, as you are doing that, you need to give it maximum RPMs, even though you are pointing down. So the curve heat off uh the troll to the max and as soon as you know your speeds get somewhere in the vicinity of 50 to 55 then you can pull up pitch up and that's how you get out of that one so i mean for someone who have never flew an airplane and is following the airplane and like feeling all these g's like you know you are feeling lights you feel like you're banking to the left is uh, it feels almost as if you will be you know, dropping out of your seat. It's not very really comfy but I guess that's what it takes. Now after we did the start which was really the highlight of the day we did emergency descent but we only did like the forward emergency descent. From there we went we headed back to the airport uh, I knew my way around so uh, I just had to adjust my altitude and the heading once or twice and uh, so when we got to the traffic pattern, it was, I mean, we didn't have time to do multiple landings, so we decided to do one. But I was distracted because my instructor was showing me something in the distance. So I ended up having a very short base. And what that caused is that I was way too high. Well, not way too high. I was high on final. So doing the normal um, approach procedure wasn't gonna make it I mean we will have to go around now what he decided to do is to introduce me to the forward slip where essentially what you do is you put the aircraft in the worst possible aerodynamic um, a position so that it causes the maximum amount of drag on the airplane so I mean you can search the internet for forward slip but to Illustrate it's okay. So you had the runway in front of you looking at you, you know, straight in front of you What you do is you you decide you choose the left or the right router and you push on it to the maximum So basically what you end up having is the airplane wants to go sideways Okay, and then you use the aileron uh, control to keep the airplane from from actually going away from the uh, from the runway, but keeping it straight now what that causes is that like the airplane will expose a huge uh, part of its side to the wind and that will cause maximum drag on it so we did that we lost quite a bit of altitude fast Uh, we landed about the end of the of the first third of the runway but i mean like i really don't feel like i was in control of this landing at all because we came in sideways and the plan is so as you get, you know, really close, say 10 feet above runway. Now you let go of the rudder and the aileron, so you kind of like adjust, you know, back to normal landing configuration as far as you know how your airplane is pointing, at. and then from there it's just regular old landing. Yeah, it was, it was a bit, you know, complicated w- once because like. I didn't expect that so if I was told oh we will be doing a forward sleep I would be mentally prepared to do that I have done it in the flight scene before but it feels different when you are doing it in an actual airplane so that is essentially what we did today and uh, I have promised previously that once I start my in-cockpit I'll be posting videos so I have started posting some videos on YouTube so what I will do is I will link to my channel um, in the in the in the notes in the show description of this episode and you know feel free to go there have a look now one thing I have to mention is that so far I do not have um, the equipment to record the audio so for this first flat it's just the video really And my equipment should be arriving soon. And uh, so the next episode, I hope, will have the ATC portion of it on the flight, so that you'll be able to both see and hear uh, me fly around in the Washington Special Flight Force area. The dream is alive. I'm about to become a pilot.